This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver on American Family Radio. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you more than three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. And we are very glad that you're with us. If you want to be a part of the show, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Now, let me just lay this out. This is a show for family caregivers, for those individuals who are caring for a loved one who is chronically impaired on some level. Now, it doesn't matter what the impairment is. If it's a chronic impairment, it could be Alzheimer's. It could be alcoholism. It could be autism, other some other form of addiction. It could be Parkinson's chronic pain, cerebral palsy, MS, cancer, whatever, some form of chronic impairment that is hurting somebody that you love and you're putting yourself between that person and even worse disaster. That's what this show is for. Now, a lot of folks call in and they want to talk about this or that. There's 167 other hours in the week to talk about other issues. This is the one hour that caregivers get. Okay? One hour. That's all we're asking for. One hour for caregivers. And and this is a show exclusively for you. There is no other show like this in the country. And we're going out across the entire network here on American Family Radio to reach those who are isolated, who are struggling, who are feeling discouraged and 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 despairing. And all of the above, whatever you're feeling as a caregiver, you're why we do the show. And we want to help back you away from the cliff a bit so that you can get to a place of safety. Does that sound like somewhere you are right now? Do you feel that kind of despair or frustration or, or bone-tired weariness? This is the show for you. 888 589 and we try to spend as much time with you when you call as you can. So don't wait till the very end of the show to start calling in. Because then we'll have to squeeze everything together. All right. I'm Peter Rosenberger. For those of you who don't know me, I've been a caregiver for 33 years now. Through a medical nightmare. For a wife that has dealt with the, the aftermath of a horrific car wreck back in 83. 80-plus surgeries that I can count, another 150 smaller procedures that I can count, 80, 90, 100 doctors. It's hard to count those. They kind of come and go. 12 different hospitals, seven different insurance companies, well over $10 million in medical bills, both of her legs amputated, amputated below the knee, lives with intractable pain. It's just not going to go away. It hasn't gone away since Reagan's first term. One resident told her prosthetist, the guy that makes her legs, um, many years later that they had stopped counting at 200 breaks. 
So you're looking at a significant medical trauma. And it has a lifetime impact on every relationship she has. I didn't meet her until a couple of years after her wreck. She still had her legs. She'd only had about 20 surgeries when I met her. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Go out and take a look at hopeforthecaregiver.com. You can you don't take my word for it. Go take a look. Beautiful woman. Unbelievable singer. You'll probably hear some of her music throughout the show today. But her body is broken. And when you're in chronic pain, it affects every relationship you have. Your relationship with God, yourself, spouses, children, family, friends, coworkers, everything. And the show focuses on those relationships, those people in orbit around somebody who is hurting, who is chronically impaired, who is broken, who has some type of affliction. Doesn't have to be chronic pain. If, if someone has dementia, it's going to affect every relationship they have. How do you help those folks? What does it look like to help a family caregiver? And that's what we talk about on the show. And I want to start off with a scripture this morning. We're going to get into a topic that's probably going to go from preaching to meddling, but that's all right. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. We're going to talk about resentment today, and that's a hard issue for a lot of caregivers. It is for me. And you you want to uh, deliciously entertain resentful thoughts because it makes you feel strong and powerful. And if you notice, uh, Jesus never said, blessed are the strong and powerful who resent, for they shall. Yeah, he never said that. Instead, it's. You know, blessed are the meek. It's hard to be meek when you got family members that don't want to put their shoulder to the wheel with you, isn't it? It's hard to feel these things. And yet resentment is something that cripples us so much. And and I'm a pianist. I've been playing the piano longer than I've been a caregiver. I've been playing since I was five. Majored in music, studied piano all through college, and still play a lot. And you know, I've noticed that I cannot play a piano with clenched fist. In order for beautiful music to come out of my hands at the piano, I have to open them up. You know, you can't push a wheelchair with clenched fist. Try it sometime. Not with them in it. Just take it out to a, you know, a secluded area. <laughs> Try it. You can't do it. And my goal for us, myself and for you as a fellow caregiver, is that one day when we do stand at a grave, and our goal is to be able to be the one standing there. I can't guarantee that I'll outlive my wife, but I want to live like I can by taking good care of myself, being a good steward of me, physically, fiscally, professionally, emotionally, all those things. But when we do stand at that grave, that we're not standing there with clenched fists, at ourselves, at our loved one, at family and friends who we didn't feel like helped as much as they could have or, or should have, or at God, that we can live peacefully with this. As Paul says in Ephesians, I'm going to read that one more time. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, I like that word clamor, and slander, be put away from you, along with all malice. We can't live while we hold on to that stuff. It'll kill us. Now, don't don't bang on yourself today. Just don't don't beat yourself up today if you're feeling those things. We're all going to feel it. That's why Paul puts it in there, because he knows that that's what we do. We don't put it away from us. We hang on to it. But we have to remind ourselves to do it, and we have to have people around us that will help remind us to do it. So that we're not isolated and and running back to those things. Because we will. We'll pick it back up. And so we've got to have people around us to remind us to put it back down. Put it away from us. And, and when I started writing for 
fellow caregivers. So when I started speaking to this issue and then when we got, we got on the air and so forth, you know, I, I wanted to address the things for a caregiver that will deal with what's in their heart. You know, we, we all have heard this. If you've been a caregiver for any length of time, you'll always hear somebody say, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, all those kind of platitudes that really mean nothing to us. But what we do here on this show is we bore into the caregiver's heart that is just sometimes a train wreck and help you get to safety. Help you slow down, breathe, catch your breath, take a knee if you have to, and then start living a healthier life. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. Hey, we got to go to a break. 888-589-8840. The number is 888-589-8840. That's your lifeline to a lifetime of experience. We'll talk to you in just a little bit. We got to go to a break. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. This is Hope for the Caregiver on American Family Radio. We are so very glad that you're with us. If you want to be a part of the show, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Also, just a little bit of a note, I have a um, new commentary out on American Family Association's uh, blog, The Stand. You can go out to afa.net. Just click on the stand where it says the stand right at the top there. And it's um, it's called the Lost Office of Pastor. The Lost Office of Pastor. And I think you'll like this, uh, this commentary. It talks about, you know, all pastors are preachers of some kind, but not all preachers are pastors. And my, pa- my father is a pastor for now 60 years. And... Um, it's, uh, I, I know how the job is done, and I've watched him do it, and it's, um, it's a different type of function, and um, it's one that we, we desperately need now. Um, it, I think you'll like the article. Take a look at it at um, afa.net, afa.net slash the stand, or you just click right up there at the front page there. It says the stand. You'll see the lost office of pasture. All right. Uh, a verse today that we're dealing with. And we're just going to keep hammering this theme. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Basically, put down the resentment. Okay? And don't think for one moment that I've got a handle on this. I'm just telling you that's the path to safety. And I have to be reminded of this just as much as everyone else. Okay? We're all in this together. But if we don't reinforce this with each other and we live in that isolation that cripples us as caregivers, we're going to lose our way and we're going to get hurt and we're going to hurt others. So this is our time. There are 168 hours in a week from what I understand. And one hour is dedicated nationally to the family caregiver. And this is our time to come together and build each other up and strengthen each other for the journey. Okay? Because if we don't do it, we're going to get hurt. Let's go to... um, Let's go to Vera in Mississippi. Vera, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just precious. Thank you for asking. Tell me what's going on with you. Yes, I was calling about my daughter. Um, you know, she's had migraines for years. We've been to Oshawa. We've been to different doctors or whatever. I'm going to make a long story short. And she's had several surgeries like once every year and she just gets disheartening sometimes, and sometimes I do too because she's now become addicted to the pain medicine. I'm sorry, I'm driving. She's addicted to pain medicine, and she is. And she'll be talking and doing just fine, but if she has some sleeping pills, she'll just go in there and take all of the sleeping pills all of a sudden, just like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then when she gets done, she says, well, Mom, I'm just tired of living like this. And it's just migraines, but it is so debilitating. And I try to be that mom that's strong and there for her. And all the time, you know how we do it. And whatever they go through, we go through. Because when you love someone, that's what you do. And I'm so we're so close together that it, it it's disheartening sometimes when I see her. When I say, well, honey, pray about this. Pray about that. And she says, Mom, it's like God doesn't care. It's like he's forgotten me. All of her friends are moving on. She's getting degrees, but she's not getting a job because she's been not able to work. You know, and I just, I, I'm, I'm in the wit's end. Sometimes I, sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I get tired. 
and she I know is my you do. only daughter. Yeah, yeah. I know you get tired, Vera, and 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 it's hard to watch. How old is she? She's thirty one. She's thirty one. And uh, and you've been to and you your doctors does do the doctors know that she's cranking pretty hard on the sleeping pills? No, they don't. No, she, she's actually on pain meds too because of the. No, they don't know anything about that. I've told them a couple of times, and they would they would talk to her and tell her, "Well, you don't need to be doing that." And so they don't want to prescribe her anything now to go to sleep with because she's up at night because she couldn't sleep and she's going through the pain and it's just like, it's I'm like it's just run amok. It's one thing, and then it's another. And then we now, does she live? Does she live with, with you? Me. Lives with me. Yes. All right. And are are you married? I am married. Yeah. Okay, so you and your husband, two things have got to happen, and and living with someone with chronic pain is is just it's god awful. I mean, it just is. There's no other way to describe it. I get it. I get the journey. And okay. um, is she seeing a, a what type of doctor is she seeing? Well, right now she's been a neurologist, which they don't know anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. And she's seeing a pain management um, that she sees every month. She gets medicine every third day. And she's seeing, uh, she has a fast heart rate, so she sees a heart doctor from time to time. It's just those three doctors. Yeah. yeah. Does she have a psychiatrist involved in this at all? Do not. No, she does not. Would, what we would you... Um, uh, would you? Uh, the neurologist is a good place to be because that's what they deal with. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry that they're not able to to better function in that regards, but it may be right. worth your while to explore a psychiatrist with her, um, and on on a couple of levels because there may be some some aggravating circumstances going on in in the psychiatric world with her, and they may and psychiatrists are pretty good for with medications. That's you know that's they they understand pharmacology pretty well. And that may be a good start for you, but what for for her? But what about you? What are you doing to kind of help detach yourself from this and keep your own sanity? Exactly. <laughs> well, of course, I do a lot of praying. Oh my God, I do a lot of praying, and I, 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 you know, just trying to stay focused and, and and try not to get upset at certain things. I tell her to do that she don't do, and I'll say, "Well, honey, don't eat sweets. Uh, honey, don't eat this. Let's don't eat the salt." Let's, you know, and I'll find out she's got some cookies in the room and, um, you know, things of that nature. Then I get a little, I get angry because I'm like, sugar is bad for you. But I, what I do is I continuously to pray and I do work. So I, I get a break there. And then sometimes her, it will be like she would call me just in the middle of the night. She'll text me in the next room and she'll say, well, mom, I'm hurting or I don't feel good. And I said, well, honey, we don't have any more pain pills. I said, just All listen right. to the word. <laughs> well, listen, let's do, let's do a couple things. One of them is. Diet does play a role in this, and if she's if she's doing those kinds of things, you're not responsible for that kind of stuff. Okay, the migraines you can't, don't have any um, control over, but but also her her bad choices of what she's putting in her body. And if she's texting you in the middle of the night, you might want to turn your phone off. Okay, because setting boundaries with her is going to be a real challenge. I'm thinking. And and she's got she's gotten pretty used to having somebody at her beck and call do everything for her, and um, you know that's the uh, I, I, I get that. But she's not gonna she's not gonna necessarily be able to get out of this, but she's got to learn how to live better with it. Uh, I live with somebody in chronic pain who's never known a day without it since 1983. Heard, and oh my God. and and this and it's I've seen the MRIs. I've seen the x-rays and I'm, I'm smart enough to know what they mean. And her body is just broken. And Gracie learned a long time ago that she's not going to be able to get out of this, barring something from Jesus that we're not, you know, we're not seeing. And, and so she's got to learn to live with it in a healthy manner. But so do I. And so do you Vera. And you're going to have to take your hands off of some of this and let it be what it's going to be. And you, okay. you, she's 31 years old, and other than migraines and pain, she's still an adult. And she's going to have to yeah. deal with life as an adult. Because if something happens to you, who's she going to text in the middle of the night? Oh, my God. I don't know. That, that's a good question, isn't it? Yes. 
And if yeah. you stroke out because of the stress of this, who's she going to be, you know, stealing cookies from? Right. Right. Exactly. All right. So part of this is a medical problem. Part of this is a behavior problem. Okay. Right. And it's hard to know which one is which, isn't it? It is. Oh, my gosh. And, yes. And that's you why it's wanna... a healthy, healthy thing for you to back away from this so that you're not trying to sit there and wrap your hands around the entire thing and figure this out. Because, I, you know, Vera... Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you go to medical school? No, she did. <laughs> well, then why don't you let her work this out with her doctors? Because you didn't. I didn't go to medical school, and I had to learn how to get away from these things. Okay. And I had to learn to back away and let it be what it's going to be. And sometimes, Vera, you have to bite your tongue and learn to like the taste of blood. And oh, you have gosh. to... You have to turn your head and let hot tears run down your face, but you have to turn your head and do it. And she's going to have to she's going to have to make some some uh, tough choices and take control of her own life because if something happens to you, Vera, what's her option? Right. And and sometimes it, with, with us as caregivers, now I'm I'm speaking from experience here, Vera. Okay, I'm not in any way beating on you or shaming on you or anything. I'm just telling you my own experience. Sometimes, as caregivers, I know I have. It's very easy to cross that line and become an enabler. Yeah, and, and I have been, yeah. been there, done that, and I've got a T-shirt that says it. <laughs> you know, and and it's a hard thing, and it's because you get you you're 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 almost blinded with this desire to recklessly hurl yourself at someone because they're floundering. And it may be okay for her to flounder on her own without you running to the rescue. Every time. Every time. Turn your phone off in the, at night. Set boundaries. She's not going to like it, by the way. Then you're going to be able to see the difference because you're going to see some blowback when she doesn't have, when she doesn't ring the bell and you come running. You're going to see some blowback, and she's going to start crying and, and blaming you and everything else, and you're going to have to re- be strong at that point. But, but you have to understand, she's going to have to make it or fail on her own merits. Now, you can point her to the good quality medical care, and you can try this thing. That's why I think a psychiatrist may be an appropriate step for her. Okay. Uh, a licensed mental health counselor of some kind, uh, but preferably a, a psychiatrist for her because I think she's going to need some MD treatment. But in your case, I also think you could benefit greatly from a licensed mental health care professional. Not just not just somebody who's a life coach or, or even a pastor at this point, but somebody who's a licensed mental health professional. Keep listening to the show. we got to take a break. Keep listening. This is the show for you, Vera, okay? And I want you to call in anytime you want, all right? All right. Thank you, and you're a blessed man. <laughs> thank v- you. Vera, you blessed me this morning. Thank you so much. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. This is Hope for the Caregiver on American Family Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. 888-589-8840. 
888-589-8840. This is the show for those of you who are standing between somebody with a chronic impairment and even worse disaster. This is your time. This is your show. There's 167 other hours in the week that we could talk about politics and all other things, but this is for caregivers. And aren't you glad that there's a there's a Christian perspective being dealt with this thing on a nationwide level? This is the only show like this nationally. 65 million people are dealing with this issue, and yet there's only one national show for family caregivers, and this is it. And we're determined that we're going to speak life into the heartaches that so many are just dealing with every day like you just heard with Vera. And we're going to do everything we can to help strengthen that caregiver, to back them away from that cliff so that they can live a calmer, healthier, and dare I say it, a more joyful life. All right, let's go to Janine in Tennessee. Janine, good morning. How are you feeling? Uh, Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, (laughs) I wanted to thank you for sending me the book and CD and also give you an update about my son. We are nearing the the end with his cancer situation and uh, it's been tough and we kind of don't know some days what to say or what to do or we're just doing one day at a time you know that's all we that's all we do have janine and that um, that is so true you know we we tend to live in the wreckage of our future or the regrets of our past or Whatever, but but Jesus said, you know, we're, we're going to live today. Today is sufficient for itself, and yes, that's and all I, we have. And and I about. hurt with you on this, and I'm glad that these things have been a source of comfort to you and strength to you. Um, what do you got going on today? I am actually working today. I'm on my way to work. <laughs> my right. uh, my husband has is retired, and he with him most of the time and we do have a, a caregiver that comes Monday through Friday that helps us and we're blessed to have all the help that we have and my daughter and son-in-law have been a big help and so everybody's just kind of rallying around Adam his that's his name and we're this next week is kind of devoted to him everybody's taking off work and we're just having an Adam week <laughs> well what about having a so, Janine week I think that's probably going to come later. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know some days, but, you know. How about um, how about having a Janine day? <laughs> now, you can do that tomorrow, can't you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is just I, the hardest thing I've ever done. It is, and I know that, and, I, and, and we all hurt with you on this. I tell you what, why don't we just have a Janine hour? And carve out an hour for you today, Janine. And if, and if you know what, go back and listen to my CD. I sent it for you, okay. And I, I let it call, And if you cry, you cry. It's okay to cry, but I'm I'm hoping that we as caregivers w- will learn to better cry healthy tears and not tears of rage and despair, because after the healthy exactly. tears flow, then we can actually have a little bit of laughter. You know exactly. Weeping endureth for the night, but what comes in the morning, Janine? Finish the scripture. Joy. Joy. It does. And this is this is that time of weeping right now, and you know what's coming, but don't live out in that place with what's coming. Live today, because what's coming is not here yet. We're going to live today, and just find some places that you can just sit and just be still and, and reflect on Janine and the beauty of life that's around you and the moment, and... Um, these are not easy things to do, but this is how we do it together. This, and I'm going to need you to say the same thing back to me. Yeah. And th- this is I, how we do it. And uh, now, when you know, you're at work today, you do you enjoy your job? I do. I am blessed to. I'm a hairdresser, and I have some beautiful ladies that have come to me for over 30 years, some of them. And they're like my family, and when things go bad, we rally around each other and pray for each other. And that, I can, that's like my therapy. Going to work is my therapy. I love that. Well, then uh, you go, let me tell you something. I want you to do something. As you, for everybody that you make look beautiful today, understand that they're borrowing a little bit of your beauty. Okay? I will. Thank you. Your beauty, their, their beauty 
tomorrow for Mother's Day and everything else. All these women that you're taking care of and men or whoever, they're going to look great. But they're borrowing your beauty because you're doing this as as a way of just expressing what's in your heart. And I want you to just kind of rejoice in that with every head of hair you touch. Bless them, pray over them, and watch what God does in you. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how I've approached this job ever since I've been doing it. And this year will be I love that. Years. And, I love uh, that. Anything you do, anything that you put your hands to, if you do it for the glory of the Lord, it'll be honored and you'll be successful. And that's one thing I can offer to people that if you're not happy in your work, change it to that perspective. And well, that that is that is a great word. And, and I want you to just enjoy the day. As you do this throughout the day, every time you feel the need to just tense up a little bit, just realize that you are you are pushing beauty out. There are people that tomorrow will will be feeling better about themselves because they saw you today. You're you're actually making a difference in so many people's lives. And I hope that'll fill your heart with joy knowing that you know what all this pain that you're dealing with is is it does have purpose. That God is weaving something in you. He's excavating your heart to be even bigger than it already is so that you can fill be filled with more of his heart. And you're touching people who, you, you you know, you never know who's going to sit in your chair sometime, what they're going through. And because you yeah. understand what it's like to weep and to trust God in dark places, you're able to impart that to people. And that means something, okay? That really means something. And would you keep that in your mind, that that, that, is, that is not just your job, that is also a ministry that you're doing this. I definitely will. And All right. I, I, I want to tell you, though, your book, I've read it twice through, and you say some just things that just hit home to me that no one else has ever said. And sometimes when you're living in this, and as long as I have this year was 40 years, people don't know what to say to you unless they've walked through it. And so no, just to they have don't. somebody who understands that... Well, you know, I've learned in, in my years, Janine, I've learned to speak fluent caregiver, but it's our Savior's native tongue. Right. And he really knows what to say. Yes, and, he does. And he, he, he does. He just knows what to say. And so listen to his voice, and he'll speak to you in ways that you don't really expect sometimes. I've, that I've learned. And um, oh, I, I, I'm just... Okay. I'm just proud of you, Janine. I really am. And we're and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I get to know you a little bit, and I know that our audience is listening and 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 they're drawing encouragement from you too because you're not bitter. You're not over there just gripping the steering wheel and screaming and yelling and hollering. I mean, I'm sure I, I know I've done that in my life, but I'm, I'm and I'm sure there's been moments with you. But you know what? You're 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 working through all this and you're making peace. Right. And yes, you do. And anybody with any kind of longevity in this understands that. And and you're doing it. And um, just you know, understand that today when you go to work, you got an awful lot of people going to be thinking about you while you're doing this. And I'm gonna you know, and I'm gonna ask those of you listening right now across the country. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening. And as you go through the day. I want you to remember that this mother, this is Mother's Day, and this mother is taking care of her son who is dying. She knows he's dying. It's been a long, brutal journey. And I'd ask you to just lift her up today. Why not? And, and, and as God recalls her to your mind throughout the day, just continue to pray for her throughout this time. Lord loves a praying mama. Lord loves a praying mama, and this is a praying mama, and this is a woman who is bearing some difficult things. And I want you to, I want you just to keep keep her in your hearts and prayers today. And Janine, I want you to know that that I'm just grateful for you. And you call in, you call in anytime you want, honey. Okay, I shouldn't say honey on the air, but I'm from South Carolina. I can't say that. You may be hearing from me a whole lot these next few weeks. That's okay. The doctors really don't know what to tell me, but I will have to share a small miracle we had this week. 
his platelet doubled last Wednesday, and nobody knows why, except God knows. God, God did that. I think he he knew that it was getting so hard to see him so uncomfortable, and God gave me that. You know, he just he and he felt he's had two really good days, and I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. Well, I, 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 we, we share that gratitude with you, and I want you to know that you can have two really good days, too. Yeah, I, I plan to. I plan to. I really do try to find the joy in every little thing, just every little thing. If you just open your eyes and look around in the morning, the sun came up. It's, it's springtime. It's beautiful. Just, you know... Even though things are hard, if you just open your eyes and look around you, you see joy in every corner of your life. God puts it there for us when things are hard. And we we have to hold on to whatever ever joy brings and you get if you have to look for it sometimes, but it's there. So, but uh, Beautifully said. Beautifully uh, said. There's a song that Gracie sings and it's out on our website at hopefortheCaregiver.com. You can go listen to it. And it's you must uh-huh. believe in spring, and it's a beautiful song. And um, oh, I will. It, it, I will look for that. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful song, a and it's. Um, but you're right. It, it's springtime in Tennessee. You're in Tennessee, and it's springtime in Tennessee. The best time in Tennessee, I think, is springtime. I think so too. I think so too. I think so too. Well, Janine, God bless we you got, for what doing. Well, thank you. God bless you. And we got to go to a break. We got more to go here. But thank you. Now you go behave yourself at work today, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. You're quite welcome. Hey, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. We're so glad you're with us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on our fellow amputees, and that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing With Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to standingwithhope.com and see how you can give they go walking and leaping and praising God. You can be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. This is Hope for the Caregiver on American Family Radio. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, 888-589-8840. Annalise in Arkansas. We'll go real quick. Thank you for holding so long, Annalise. I appreciate it. How are you feeling? Um, I'm okay. The reason I was calling was... Well, that, wait, hold on, hold on. Back up. Back up. That okay doesn't sound very okay. Are you sure you're all right? Well, that's because I, I'm a, I have chronic migraines also, and so I was hoping to um, help Vera with her daughter. Um, it is very hard, um, and but you're absolutely right. She does need to see a mental health um, professional because migraines are uh, associated with mental illness, especially depressive disorder or bipolar. And if she sometimes, and I got a I got an email from. On the break, I got an email from a lady who said she had it because of a tick-borne event, and they treated her with antibiotics. So, I mean, there's, it's kind of all over the the map sometimes of what causes car these wreck. things. Right. Yep. Anything. Car wreck. I got a friend of mine who had that. Right. And people don't do say, they, oh, you've got a headache. No, it's not a headache. It's head pain. And you lay there for hours in such pain that even sometimes the, the pain medication doesn't even touch. And so you go to a deep, dark place, and now that they've reduced 
our pain meds for the people that really need them. They've reduced them for everyone. I understand when her daughter said, if this is living, there's no quality of life. And I understand why she's saying that. And so it takes a strong strength to, to say, you know, but I, I, you know, I want to live, you know, and people say, we'll pray. And I pray that sometimes it's just, that's just what it is as it was for Paul. Um, she does need to get her daughter into some mental health, treat her as a daughter in the family. She's become another, the child in the family again, living with her parents. And her parents are not don't mean to, but probably treat her that way, and she's acting that way. If she gets a disability check, she should contribute to the household. If her mother is afraid she's taking too many sleeping pills, she should take over her medication. You know, and but again, she could talk to the mental health person also. I, yeah, but, I think I think we're all in agreement that a mental health counselor, preferably an MD, yeah. it needs to be involved in this, and that's a good word, Annalise. And thank you. How, how are your migraines, by the way? I have, I have very chronic, 15 or more a, a month. And also they have new medicine out that's like over $500 a month. My check's 771 That won't cover it. But maybe that, that you know, if her and her husband can, I don't know. But um, I just live with it. And I've, I can't tell you how many holidays I've missed and birthdays. And, and the people that, that, and I live alone, that they love you, but they go on with their lives because there's nothing they can do for you. And so it's just something that you live with. And you and and I've had it since 34, and I'm 62. So, but there is she. I'm so very glad that that she has her parents to help her, but they won't always be there. So, she, you know, right. she'll need she'll need to learn, as you said, to adjust to her life or to get a support system or her parents. You know, yeah, she's going to have to carve. She's going to have to carve out a life. Yeah, she's going to have to carve out a life aside from her parents. Otherwise, when they die, it's all, you know, everybody's going on down the correct. tubes at that point. Or they get sick, and at least, they're not able to take care of her, you know. I'm true. Like, and it's going to affect, eventually this will, if it hasn't, it will affect their health. Yes. Yeah. And they don't yeah. understand. Either. A lot of people, they think it's just a headache. They don't understand how debilitating it is and, and what a deep, dark place that it takes. When you're just laying there and you can't move and you can't do anything, you know, it's it's just bad thoughts, and and that it's just it's just pain. It's just uh, pain, and and I don't know how to. When I listen to your show, because I I listen to AFR all the time, like twenty four hours a day, practically. You know, and I think that what about the people that don't have caregivers and have to deal with, you know, their own conditions like I do, and so that's why I listen to you, and and you do give hope, and you do give good advice, or you try to, or at least give options to the people, and. And and so and bless you, bless them for taking care of their family members, and bless you for caring enough to do it. Well, thank you very much, Annalise, and you have yourself a fabulous day. And I'm going to take a quick call here. I'm just going to go down the list, but thank you for calling and thank you for listening. I do appreciate it very much. All right, let's go to Debbie in um, Debbie in Ohio. Debbie, good morning. How are you feeling? Good morning. I feel really spent right now. You sound it, and um, uh, so what's going on? Unfortunately, we we got to have to compress this into a little bit of a time slot here. So get right to the guts of it. What's going on with you? Sure. So I'm um, a middle aged woman with two um, two adult children with disabilities that I'm a caregiver for, um, not by choice, but my husband um, decided for us for on a divorce a few years ago, and I think I'm still grieving that. I'm grieving the fact that I have the blessing of taking care of my two adult children with with autism, and I was a contributing caregiver to my elderly parents the last several 10 years or so, and my dad passed away a month ago. And so I just, I'm I'm in need of full-time employment, but I'm not able to do that because of full-time caregiving for at least one of my sons. And I'm just really spent, and I don't know where to turn right now. Does your ex-husband contribute at all? He contributes financially um, through through spousal support. He's been very uh, reliable with regard to that. But um, I'd say in the last year, maybe um, our children have spent maybe 10 nights with him in the last year. Um, he, he travels for work a lot, and so he's out of town a lot. And pretty much on a Saturday, he'll come and pick them up at 
eight o'clock in the morning and bring them back at four o'clock in the in the evening. So that happens more often than not. But but that's pretty much it at this point. How old are they? Um, the one is twenty, just turned twenty five, and the other one's twenty four. And are, how far on the spectrum are they? Are they are they incapable of functioning in, in any type of um, self care role or of anything or what? They are able to feed themselves, um, bathe themselves, get dressed. Um, that's pretty much it. The the one is higher functioning. He's able to work part time. He's not. He doesn't drive, but we have transportation services set up now through our county board of developmental disabilities to get him to and from where he needs to go. But he's not able to live independently. And then the other one is more more impaired. He spends his um, part of the day Monday through Friday at a a day program. Um, he's not able to be at home by himself at all. And um, but he is able to again feed himself and 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 dress himself, so that's helpful. But um, but he he, he are they able to help with housework or anything like that? Can um, they help with housework? Yes, yes, yes. They um, if if I they both know how to run the washing machine and the dryer, and um, they know how to well the one at least knows how to boil hot dogs if he wants hot dogs for dinner. What about what about making the their bed and that kind of stuff? Yes, yes, they do know how to make their their beds, and they do that. Um, but vacuuming, they're both really hypersensitive with their hearing, so they don't, they can't, they have difficulty tolerating the loud sound of a vacuum cleaner. The one has an extreme fear of, of, um, you know, flames, so he he doesn't cook hasn't been able to other than putting something in the microwave the other one is unsafe around flames so he can't be taught to cook um so it's kind of splinter skills all over the place between the two of them are you engaged in any type of autism uh thing in the state of ohio with i know like i'm in tennessee we have a wonderful autism uh, statewide organizations here in tennessee are you engaged in anything like that in ohio Yes, um, to, to the extent that I'm available to, I do volunteer with a local um, autism support organization and their wonderful resources on their website that I look into sometimes looking for recreational activities and things like that. But I still feel as though I am, um, I don't know, cornered off from the rest of the world because a lot of the people that I interact with on that site, they're they're in two family houses. They They have a to be there with them and to help get to and from events and things like that. And I just feel so sheltered a lot of times. Uh, sheltered is not the right word. It's, it, 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 you're not really sheltered. You're isolated. And, and I get that. You're isolated. cut off. Yes. And I get that. Yeah. And how long have you been divorced? Um, divorced since 2016, but he moved out of the house in 2012, and he All told right. me he didn't want to be married anymore in 2007. Well, so basically, divorced it, in 2007. You, you've been you've been emotionally disconnected from any type of spousal support for some time. Do you get counseling for yourself? No, I just I just don't have. No, I don't. I don't. I know I should, but I don't feel like I have time. So much of what I well, do is well, wait a minute. To... You, you told me that one of the boys goes at least to a daycare situation. Yes, and then I'm at work part time. As soon as he leaves, I go to my part time job, and then I get back right. home before he gets back home. And so that's that's the all day. right. Well, Debbie, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna Friday. I'm gonna tell you something that's kind of hard, and I don't mean it to be harsh, but I'm gonna mean it to be firm. And I only got just minutes to do it. You're going to have okay. to make time for some counseling for yourself. Okay? You're just going to have to make time for it. Whether it's taking off time from your part-time job, whatever. Your husband's going to have to come over and take care of these kids. Whatever it's got to do, you're going to have to make time because you do need some real help to, to, to punch through this grief and and so forth that's crippling you. And, and it's going to continue crippling you as you continue to stay in this isolation. And the only way you're going to get through this is you're going to have to have some help. You're going to have to have some professional help. And that's the only way, okay? There's there's no other way. You're not going to be able to white-knuckle yourself through this. But you can get to There is a path. 
but it's a very, very narrow path. And it's going to be treacherous, and you're going to need some real professional help to guide you down that path, okay? Now, we're right here at the end of the show, and I hate that for you, but you can call back anytime you want, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right, but make an effort to get a referral to a professional counselor, okay? Okay, I will. All right, we got to run. This is Peter Rosenberger. There's more at HopeForTheCaregiver.com. We'll see you next week. You've heard me talk about Standing With Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage and when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet boxes of them and so forth. And I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that Core Civic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are are lower limb, and that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. That's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to stadywithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to Point them to Christ, and that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand